0: Seniors, does your doctor regularly reach out to check on you? Can you walk into your doctor's office and see them if you need to? Do you have your doctor's cell phone number, and can you call them anytime, day or night? At Dedicated Senior Medical Center, their only specialty is caring for seniors. Dedicated makes it easy to get the primary care you deserve. Doctors spend more time with patients than the doctors you may be used to. They offer telehealth visits, help you get your medications, and even make sure you get to your appointments. If your doctor isn't treating you like family, it's time to say yes to Dedicated Senior Medical Center. Call Dedicated Senior Medical Center today to schedule a visit and find out what you're missing. Call 813-359-1448. That's 813-359-1448. Appointments available now.
1: Welcome to Cafecito with Rosie On Air, where you'll get to know local professionals, entrepreneurs, movers, and shakers, and how they're helping their community. Hear exclusive interviews from thriving individuals, get inspired, and learn from them. And now, your host, author, speaker, commissioner, Medicare broker, business owner, published author, and business trailblazer, Rosie Paulson.
2: Bienvenidos to Cafecito with Rosie on Air. My name is Rosie Paulson and I am the owner of Rosie Paulson Enterprises and SNR Services. This show is sponsored by Dedicated Senior Medical Center and Rosie Paulson Enterprises is grateful for the opportunity to share our program with our community and sponsor by Dedicated my brand, knowledge, and promise is knowledge, connection, success. And today I am excited because I have a really good friend of mine. We have worked together in the networking field. And even through COVID, we had had to stay put. But we met recently at an event in St. Petersburg that was servicing a community. And I want to tell you about Lori Vela. Uh, she's an estate planning probate and business law firm that services both Florida and New York. Lori created Florida Lawyer Online, a free virtual course per portal to educate the public on wills and trust and other related topics. She is the author of the Leave On project and A a book that encouraged parents to be forthright and write to their children to preserve the family legacy. An avid volunteer, Lori services on the board of Carolwood Players, and it is an organic gardener at Vista Gardens. Thank you so much for visiting me today, Lori. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Great, and I'm glad that you and I get to talk because, you know, being a Medicare broker, that's one of the first things that I have to ask uh, my clients, especially if there's a caregiver that is taking care for their parents, is the will and, and trust and uh, the, actually the medical power of attorney because there is a power of attorney that you can use at the bank, but when it comes to medical-related uh, uh, decisions, another different uh, power of attorney so what made you or one what, what started the career for you where are you coming from you know uh, are you married you have children tell me a little bit about your family the whole idea
3: of the show is for people to get to know you first okay well, wonderful. well thank you so much and again like I said it's I'm glad to be here I'm glad to know you you're such a powerful and positive force in the community and so I'm I'm um, I'm glad to be on your show today. So I am from Rochester, New York. So I'm from I'm from upstate New York. I'm from the blizzard, snowy type of weather. And what I wanted to do was come to Florida. And my my thought was I can help people doing snowbird estate planning. So that means I'm licensed in New York and I'm licensed in Florida, and I can help people in both places do wills, trust, healthcare proxies living wills, financial powers of attorney, all those things that that you were talking about. Now, I probably started wanting to be a lawyer when I was eight years old. It was something that was really just kind of fed to me. My father's from Sicily, he was a farmer there, he specialized in horticulture, then he became a federal police officer in Rome. It was really important for him to have a daughter that was a professional, that was an attorney. My mother didn't go to college. And so, for me, it was kind of like carrying on my parents' legacy. It was something I could just really, you know, do for my parents. And, um, you know, I wanted to do it, too. People used to say, you argue a lot, you should be a lawyer. So, I ended up going to law school, and I didn't start out in this field. I started out doing insurance defense. And I did that for 15 years, and I didn't like it. I was one of those people that had the bottle of Tums on my desk. I was doubled over in pain. And it was just really stressful. So, what happened is I had my little beautiful baby boy when I was 40 years old, exactly. <laughs> and I quit being a lawyer and I decided to be a fitness coach. And I think we met when I was a fitness coach, actually. Yes. And so. We did, right? <laughs> yes,
2: yes. as a matter of fact, we did. Yeah, at that time, you know, children can change your life, right, forever. But, yes, at that time when you and I met, you were um, um, promoting your fitness um, company. I was.
3: And, and it was great. It was wonderful. But, you know, they say the law is a calling. and It is. It's a calling. So, when I had my son, when I was wrapping him at night, he, he wasn't a good sleeper. And I I started thinking, you know when you think when you're alone at night, all these thoughts come in and I was like, what's gonna happen if something happens to me, who's gonna take care of him? And at the same time, I formed this moms group called North Tampa Moms and I discovered they had the same fears. So in law school, I specialized in trusts and estates, but I didn't practice it throughout the majority of my career until I had my son and I said, you know what? I always had an interest in this. I'm going to dive back into this area. I'm going to relearn it all in Florida because I I learned it in New York. Mm -hmm. And that's what I decided to do. So I hung my own shingle and I started just as a hobby. I started helping my friends here and there. Mm -hmm. As as life turns, I ended up getting a divorce when my son was four. And so at that point, I had to decide... Do I go back to the workforce or do I make my law firm really come to life and do I put everything everything in it? Because I'm so passionate about it. I'm so passionate about this area of law based on my own experiences. And I just I have to tell you, I really love elderly people too. So it was it's you know, people that have that love for elderly people or have that compassion. I have a lot of empathy for others. I really dove into it, and I ended up making my law firm a success. So I do My boy is now going to turn seven um, next month. He, he wants to be a lawyer as well. So that's pretty much the story of how I started.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know what, well, Lori, one of the things that sometimes drive us women, especially the ones that we are um, um, entrepreneurs, leaders in the community, um, if you ask them, some of them, we at one point had become single moms. So at that time, you feel that you are alone and you don't have anybody that can guide you. Uh, and, and it's like you against the world and then you you have your children that depend on you. So this is so wonderful because you're specializing, and, and this some that it, they're blessed enough that they have a very supportive husband too, and that's good. But we as mothers need to know this legality of, of that part of law that you practice because at the end of the day, those children depend on us. Um, so I, I commend you for you doing that. And I'm pretty sure that's a niche because I've never heard that before. So that's a niche that is very successful in a specific um uh, and it, it's probably driving very successful business, like you mentioned.
3: Yes, it is, and it's, you know, I do, I do give discounts to single moms, you know, as well as elderly people and veterans and first responders and also teachers, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, it started out, my, my law firm started out as the focus on children. I was helping people with minor children and couples and single single moms or single dads. As I've as I've grown, it really has expanded. Where I'm helping now, I'm also do not only do I do estate planning, but I also do elder law. Mm-hmm. And it's you know then I, I started out in Florida, and I decided to go ahead and open up my office in New York again to make my parents happy because they were so happy that I would, I would be back back home, and I go back and forth. And so the the practice really changes. I just started doing guardianships recently too for mm-hmm. for elderly people. And, um, you know, those are the cases that you were talking about, about the powers of attorney and the, the health care surrogate, when people don't get those. You know, these are documents you're supposed to get when you're young and healthy. And right. if you end up delaying, you delay it, there is a problem because there might come a point when it's too late. and in, And that's what I deal with a lot, Rosie. I can't tell you how many people call me every week and say, you know what, my mom has some beginning stages of dementia or Alzheimer's. Can she sign a durable power of attorney? And you know, I say, well, it depends. Does she have any lucid intervals? Because she still has a right to estate planning. And if we can find a time when she's lucid, sure, we can do it. But if we can't, then we have to do an expensive guardianship over her. And So that's why I really, you know, thanks for having me on because I think we need to tell our community About this again and again, that you get these documents when you're healthy, when everything's fine, and what we're doing is planning for the future, and we're making decisions for ourselves, so we don't let our families have to make these decisions for us because it's hard for families to make these decisions for
2: us. Yeah, and I think one of the first things that we probably need to talk about is probate. So. People hear hear that word, but they don't understand what does that mean. Um, So can you elaborate a little bit about that?
3: Yes, yeah, I sure can. Yeah, probate basically is your family has to pretty much open up a lawsuit when you pass away. And the reason you do probate, and this is a very particular reason, if you die with assets in your sole name, you have to have probate. So if you die with a house that's only in your name and it's not a joint ownership, if you die with a bank account that's in your name and you didn't do a transfer on death provision or you didn't name a beneficiary, or say you have life insurance, say you have a four hundred one k, and you forget to name a beneficiary, you know, you know how annoying it is to go online and try to, you know, you do the change of beneficiary forms or you try to get the beneficiary forms. And that's what happens to people. They keep putting it off, and so what happens is a family member will call me up and say, "My fa- my, you know, parent just passed away. They had a house, they had some bank accounts, they had a car. What do I do?" And so there, there is very particular way to start a probate in Florida. In Florida, you need a you needed an attorney. So that's something people have to realize that probate, the fast probate. Cost about twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. The more extensive one costs about thirty five hundred. And then once the estate gets over a hundred thousand dollars, the attorneys charge a percentage starting at three percent, and then the percentage gets lower as the estate gets higher. Mm-hmm. So that's what people need to realize: is when we do estate planning, what we're doing is we're trying to avoid that whole process. If you can avoid it, if you can keep your family from paying a probate attorney from paying the court fees, from having to file your will online with the court registry, for having to provide certified death certificates and you have to get a paid funeral bill um, in Florida. That's one of the requirements to start. If you can do some planning, you're going to keep your family out of it because a quick summary administration, it's called, will last 46 weeks. The formal administration, which is estates over 75000 go on for about a year. So that's a year when assets are tied up. And um, so that's something you people need to consider. I do want to add one more thing, the creditor period. So, you know, when, when people pass away, they might have assets or they might have debts. And those debts usually need to get paid. But not all debts are treated the same. Some are like class one, some go all the way down to class nine, you know, attorneys are way up there, funeral bills way up there, and credit card bills, for instance, are way at the bottom. But creditor claims expire after two years, so it's really important to analyze what's in the estate, how much money's in there, how much you need, and if it, and it's a debt-heavy estate with a lot of creditors, Sometimes it's a good idea to just wait the two years, wait it out until all those creditor claims expire, and then do the probate. So it really is great to get an attorney on the phone to talk about the claim. And just don't go with an attorney that just says, okay, let's file, let's get it ready. You need someone that's really going to look at your life, the assets, the debts, and see what's the best timing for you and your family.
2: Yeah. Now, let's talk about will. And, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know... uh, why should you have a bill, a will, when
3: should you have a will, and how soon you should start? Okay, yeah, that's a great question because a lot of people don't know. A lot of people pull me up and say, I don't have an estate, so I don't need anything. I don't have anything. So, first thing I ask people is, do you have little kids? If you have little kids, it is imperative that you get some type of estate planning together be it a will, a will that has a trust in it, just a standalone trust. So that's the number one reason. If you're over, say, 50 years old, that is considered, believe it or not, Rosie, it makes me sad, but that's considered the time when we start talking about elder law, when someone's over 50 or 55, it seems a little young. But if you're at that age, that's when we start doing incapacity planning, so we plan for... 20, 30 years down the road when maybe you can't make these decisions, we plan for you ahead of time. If you have a house, that's something to consider if you need a will. If you have a family that you think might disagree about how to separate your jewelry, how to separate the dishes or the family heirlooms, what a will does is prevents family fights. Because when I do estate planning, everyone says, my family will be fine, they'll get along. When I do probate, that's not the case because something happens when someone passes away and they're grieving and they're also trying to deal with money issues with their siblings. It's almost as if issues from your childhood come like raging forward and you get mad. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. And so that's why what a will does is it, it prevents your family from having having to guess and you can say this ring goes for this person this goes for that person. Does everyone need a will? Maybe not. Maybe we need to really look at the assets because if if I can do a ladybird deed for someone or another type of life estate deed for their house to pass directly and I can help them make sure their banks go directly to a person, their 401k goes directly to a person, maybe we won't even file the probate. But it's always good to have it Rosie because if you don't have a will and we need to file a probate, what we have to do is call an affidavit of errors, and we have to go through and list all the relatives. and I'm talking about your parents, your your siblings, their kids, and sometimes we have to get a private investigator to do an error search. So it's right. a, a lot of times it's a lot easier to do a will. It makes the it makes the probate more simple.
2: Yes, yes, I think you know family uh, the list the less issues that happens when the whole emotions are going by is better so it's actually a peace of mind it's a gift that you Mm -hmm. leave to your family um uh, we recently lost uh, my sister-in-law's um father and although most of his um funeral and stuff were uh, taken care of my brother had to kind of have everything on the table and there were too many things going on. Thank God he was able to organize it in a way that in that he was able to allow the family of my sister-in-law to grieve what he was doing all the administrative part of the, uh, of the, of when you lo- lose somebody that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that trust, um, will help a lot, a lot, and that's, like I mentioned, a gift that you leave the people that stay living while you're no longer with us.
3: Yeah, that's what I try to help people do. You know, in, in a will a will goes through probate. However, a revocable trust, which we haven't talked about, is something that can potentially bypass the entire probate, to you know, all at once, and that's great for Florida because Florida, you know, has a reputation of not being great in probate. It's just a lot of paperwork, you know, you're dealing with the court, we have to get court orders, we have to move forward, and a trust really keeps it more private for the family. And so that's another option for people. But when I when I draft everything for people, it just doesn't end. You know, you can go online and, and get a will for $25 maybe, but you know, you just get this document and it doesn't follow through. And you don't know if you're doing the right provisions because we have complicated homestead in Florida, which really, which really um, comes in when you have minor children or you're married. But right. so what I do is not only do I provide the legal documents, but I do the follow-up. But like when we're all finished signing, I send people maybe like it's about ten documents at this point that like go through and says, okay, this is how you change your beneficiaries. This is your estate plan organizer because it's not enough to have a will if no one knows where to find it or if you're not storing it properly and we need to write down passwords for our families we need to do everything we can maybe get a pre-planned funeral and you know as much as we can to help our family yeah you're you're definitely right about that what it does is it gives peace of mind planning and it helps your family later so they can focus on grieving and not and not dealing with a probate Yes, and um, now
2: let's talk about a, a lot of the people. Uh, for example, they have the "do not resuscitate" um uh program. I mean, or, or I guess that's a document too, but some of them don't. Um. So I and I know that's very important. So tell me a little bit more about that. You know, uh, why should you have it,
3: and then what does that do? Yeah, and it's it's um. It's interesting you mention it because it's one of the things that a lot of people ask me about. They're very concerned if it's not going to be followed, they're concerned how you let people know. And the the honest answer is, unless you are having a bracelet around your neck or some piece of jewelry that says, do not resuscitate, there is a chance that your wishes may not be met because what we're dealing with is emergency situations. So I actually have a link on my uh, Facebook page, uh, sorry, my webpage that talks about do not resuscitate because they're so widely available from Florida for free. I don't draft those. And what I do is I tell people how to get one. The funny thing is a lot of people don't know is they have to be placed on canary yellow paper. They have to be on canary yellow paper in order for it to be valid well in, in Florida. When, when they come in mostly, like if someone's jogging at the park and they have a heart attack, uh-huh. the, the paramedics that arrive are not gonna be able to look for do not resuscitate. They're going to help the person immediately. Right. The way they usually come in is if someone has a long-term illness or they're already in the hospital, they're gravely ill and their heart stops beating. Then you, know, you have your documents Already there. So, a uh, do not resuscitate is I don't want to be brought back to life artificially, um, you know, by the shocks to the heart is one way. If something happens to me, there's also a, a living will, which means I don't want my life artificially prolonged. If two doctors agree, I have no choice of a normal life and um, I have one of the statutory conditions. So, there, there is a lot of confusion with these documents. But it's good for people just to be aware as much as they
2: can. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things, and what you bring to the table, Lori, is that you put the person in the in in the transaction. Because yes, you can. You're right. You can go to the online and download the form, but but the tenure of the experience of the prof, the professionalism of having a live person to tell you that, that's priceless. And I really thank you for, for what you do because it is very important, especially if you have all those things prepared ahead of time. So Lord, I wanna go ahead and thank you so much for visiting the show today, and I am look forward to have you uh, again to talk a little bit about something else. All the information for Lori is on the program, but I want to uh, leave you with this quote from my book: "Figure out your priorities. Priorities. Commit to them. First priority is you. By starting the day with with love for yourself, you will be able to love others. Remember, my friends, that peace of mind that you." Start every single day with, by meditation, by loving on yourself. It's what's going to set you up for a pure, positive, and inspiring day. Remember, put your family first. You are unique. And this quote will tell you how you have to do it. Patience, persistence, and perspiration makes an unbeatable combination for success. This is a lifestyle a style change. Start putting yourself first. Stay pure, stay positive, and stay inspired. This is Rosie Paulson.
1: Ciao! You just enjoyed another episode of Cafecito with Rosie on air. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and visit www.rosiepaulson.com to learn more about Rosie Paulson Enterprises. Stay pure, stay positive, stay inspired.
0: Seniors, can you walk into your doctor's office and see them when you need to? Do you have your doctor's cell phone number? And can you call them anytime, day or night? At Dedicated Senior Medical Center, their only specialty is caring for seniors. Dedicated makes it easy to get the primary care you deserve. If your doctor isn't taking time to listen to you or isn't treating you like family, it's time to call Dedicated Senior Medical Center. Schedule a visit to find out more about the care you deserve. Call 813-359-1448 at 813-359-1448. Appointments available now.